Welcome back to the Westbrook Podcast. I am your host, J.D. Jackson. As always, you can find me on Twitter. Russell Russell Kiss the Chip at Always and Forever Art and on YouTube at JRAC Soccer and Basketball Sessions. Today, we have our very first guest on the show back, Coach Chris. How's it going, man? Feeling great. Uh, happy to be back talking to Wizards with you guys. Um, glad we're under the circumstances. We can on a two-game win streak <laughs> and, not, and not the five-game lose streak that we were not- on before. So a little better spirits and this is dissect with more uh, maybe a positive optimistic angle <laughs> I hear positive vibes only I, I, I keep saying hey the season started in 2021 we're, we're 2-0 and <laughs> right. that's right <laughs> alright so we're just gonna podcast we're gonna do what's considered you know bad podcasting no itinerary didn't pre-talk about this we're just gonna talk ball uh, so yeah good with me I know one of the first things I wanted to I give you the floor I know since the very first podcast we've Struggled to get you back on here. I just was busy through the holidays. But um, what are you thinking about the Washington Wizards as a whole? Like, what's the number one thing standing out to you right now, uh, now that we're, what, five games in? I mean, it's really hard to say one thing. Um, Again, I think that now that we're on this two-game win streak, I think I want to focus positive, you know, at least to start things off. We'll definitely have to get into some of the things that – the team struggled with earlier and things that might come up later in the season. But, um, you know, seeing Rue's impact um, with the team, the team is 2-1 and one with him. Uh, obviously, young prospect, you know, knew, knew about him coming in, um, but wasn't quite sure how he was going to fit, even though he would, you know, make the uh, lineup better. Um, but his size and strength and, um, man, like it's really going to help our, our starters when you look at how we struggled those first five games. Uh, Bonga being out there, you know, a good defensive ability, but just really doesn't bring anything on offense. And you look at Rue, we really saw it against Brooklyn. I mean, he's he's a mismatch problem when when teams, yes. you know, because he, he has that big – he's a big by background, you know, high school, college. But now in the NBA, he's, he's learned these these wing skills. So when we run pick and roll, if he's running screen and roll with, you know, Beal or Russ or, you know, they, they're trying to match up Beal and Russ with bigger wings and they try to put someone smaller on Rue. I mean, right. that's, that's not going to work. And that's, that's nope. a huge benefit uh, for the Washington offense just to have that, that kind of easy outlet. Another guy um, that is a mismatch problem, you know, because then you're talking about Russ Beal and Rude, guys that if you have the wrong guy on them, I mean, <laughs> it's, I know, right? they're cooked. So uh, really him, I'm really excited that he's back in the lot now, getting to see him with the team. Uh, I think he's – I'm even higher on him than I originally was. You know, it looks like his three-point shot is a little better than it was last year just from what we've seen in the preseason and, and so far this season. And just a player that's going to continue to get better. I mean, I'm really, really excited about him and, uh, and his game moving forward. So that's kind of just what I'm optimistic about, the the fact that – and we'll talk some numbers later, but um, the fact that the, starty, the starters, whether it's with Bonga or Rui, have performed well. It's all about Brooks figuring out um, – how he's going to play these other lineups and rotations. I mean, I really looked through all the games. The There's just been these giant runs, and I, I know we'll get into it, when right. Brooks just start messing with these lineups. And, and it, I mean, these runs kill games. <laughs> so Thank you. Um, that would be my thing. Just seeing Rue's impact has been great. Uh, and then just being optimistic that as they play more, that they will have an understanding of which guys to play together and at what times of the game. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. Uh, Rui coming back into the lineup, definitely um, it solidified for me that, wow, this was a huge piece that was missing. Because like you said, he can do so many things in, on offense um, that he's kind of a mismatch if you put someone, someone on him too small. Uh, and I believe, I think it's on 1.7 attempts, but I believe Rui right now is shooting like 40% from three. Now, will it stay at 40%? Probably not. Um but he's been strong there so far. So that's that's definitely the positive. Um, I do want to get into the lineups. Um, <laughs> that line, he does it every second quarter, Scott Brooks. And look, I, look, Scott Brooks is an NBA basketball coach. I won't disrespect his basketball acumen. But you have to, at this point, five games in, you've got to be able to look at the team that you're facing on the floor and go away from either that three-guard lineup 
which kills the wizards every single time. Every, every game. single time. Yeah. <laughs> or realize that look, Russell Westbrook is not the strongest outside shooter. So when you put him out there with Ish Smith, Lopez, Bunga, you're not helping him. And so I hear a lot of people say, my gosh, why is Russ jacking up that three when he has Bertans? And I tell people X's and O's wise, what you're saying, you have to realize, doesn't make sense. They have one shooter. When Bertans comes off of that double screen, they're blitzing it. They're just covering him up with three different people. And they've got one sitting. So the second Russell Westbrook turns back towards the basket, they just crowd the paint. Yeah, what do you no want to do? Lanes, exactly. Um, and I, I do want to go – Hopefully it doesn't turn into a, a tangent, but I, I got to talk about even the idea of that three guard lineup. Um, you know, I've been watching the NBA for a long time. And when you have a three guard lineup, it is because all three guards are so good that, yeah, they play the same position, but we have to keep these guys out there because they are our best players. They are star players. I'll give you an example. OKC last year, their three guard lineup with CP3, Shea and Dennis Schroeder, like Chris yes. Paul, legendary point guard. Dennis Schroeder is at the very least a sixth man on every single team in the league at the Correct. least. And then you have Shea, who's a one of the young stars in the NBA, not like a superstar, but one of the young stars in the NBA. Like right. that's when you go to a three guard line. You have three guards that just need to play. Yeah, they play the same position, but they're three of our best players. So we got to roll with that. Um, you know, not these guys are different heights, but let's just go last year in Houston. Uh, Gordon, Harden, Russ, like three of the best players on the team. And even right. even though Gordon struggled last year, Gordon is way better than than Rue. I mean, not Rue, uh, Neto and and Ish Smith. So my problem yes. with the lineup is Ish Smith and Neto are barely rotation players in the NBA. Why are we forcing them out there? They don't. They're not star guards. They're not players that demand minutes on the floor. So you're just going to roll out there with three guys shorter than 6'3", when two of them are barely even rotation players. I, I really – I can't even get behind the mindset of that three-guard lineup. Again, three-guard three guard lineups in general, when you have the, the guard play, I get. You know, it, right. it, it can be mismatches. But, again, Neto and this Smith, I'm not trying to talk down. They're on our team, but they are not – you know, star level guards by any means. They are, they're barely even backup point guards for some of these teams in the NBA at this point. That's not me trying to talk. I'm not trying to talk too down them because they do bring things to the game, but to be trying to force them down a throw to the team while they're struggling like that. I, I really found it just egregious. Like I, I, again, they, they are not players that have a bunch of potential that have proven to be all-star caliber guards no, they're they're small guards. They don't they do not need to be out there in that three guard lineup. And thankfully, I don't think we've seen it the, the past two games. I don't. I could be wrong on that. I don't think we've seen those three out there together. I could be wrong uh, in, the, in the previous two games. But I, I needed to get that out because that, I mean, that lineup is terrible. It's just they're just they're just not good enough guards. If they were better, it could work. But they're, no, I, <laughs> I, I definitely agree. That's what that is. What makes it egregious is they're. They're just not good enough to yeah. do it. Not to mention, and it's, it's and then it's one of those things. It's like if you're going to play one of them, Scott Brooks, think about who you're playing and what is happening. That that so when he got away from it, he just the last two games he still didn't make any sense. If you're struggling on defense, Neto is not the one to play. He's so undersized. They eat like just Kyrie was eating Neto a lot versus the Brooklyn Nets, Kyrie Irving. Right. And it's just he's he cannot guard him, or he's too small to guard the person he's trying to guard. But then he'll get into a game, and he's playing Ish Smith with Russell Westbrook in the second quarter, and they're up by eight when when that lineup starts. And you're just like, there are no lanes with just Russell Westbrook <laughs> and Bertons and Neto, or not Neto, and Ish Smith out there with Lopez. It just, there's no lanes with there, Lopez I just, too. Yeah, that's that's what makes yeah. it a lot even tougher. And just before, just real quick, I I do want to say though, because with Russ, like I think you're getting there. Ish seems like he's gonna be like the odd one out with Russ on the floor. But and again, I, I don't. I want to be <laughs> nice to Ish. Like you know, he was solid on the team last year, and he can do things. But I, I really do think his role on this team is to be the backup point guard when Russ is not on the floor. So. 
again, that's that only means maybe 10, 12 minutes a game. Like it's not, right. you know, I don't know what his career minutes. I'm sure he played a lot more last year, but again, Ish Smith is not a player that needs to be playing 20 minutes on every NBA team. I'm sure he knows that by now. He's been in the league for a while. Like Ish Smith does not demand minutes. Like that's just that's just not the player he is. So again, if he if he's playing, like I said, 10, 12, maybe some nights it's 15, 16 because of foul trouble. But when Russ comes out in the fourth quarter, there you go, Ish. But when he comes back in, he's becoming for Ish. <laughs> because yes, again, it, exactly. it's just not it's just not a good combination. And not only do we see it just on, on the box score, like where they're they're losing those minutes, it it just doesn't make sense, especially if you're gonna have Ro- Lopez as the as the backup big, which I understand. I mean, there's part of me that would like to see Wag in that role. I just think he's much better offensively, even though I know defense is an issue. But anyway. Um, Ish cannot be out there, Russ. He needs to play those minutes where Russ is out, and he does a good job in that role. He actually does a really good job in that role. He, you know, we know what he does. His pace, you know, like he he's a solid in that role. But once Russ comes back in, I just I just don't want to see it anymore. And it's you can see it like it's not anything. If you're watching the games, you can see that it's a problem. So yes, I definitely agree. Um, I well, how do you feel about these um, back to backs? I don't know. It, you're two and you're two and three now, or two and five now. Sorry, you're two and five now, and I'm. They have another back to back coming up. I think later this week, and I'm just thinking, is he actually injured? <laughs> no. Um, but it, that's a league wide thing. If you're paying attention, they're not playing some of these star players on back to backs, even for when sure. they aren't injured. So I don't. I don't like it because I thought. I thought you guys said Bradley Beal wants to win now. He wants to make. make so if you're if you're gonna just flop this season, what's keeping him at the end of the season saying, you know what, I only have a year left, I want out. Yeah, you got you got to keep him. I think um, this is a good question because it, it goes to something where the expectations of your team, you know, Russ has, has changed teams now, so the expectations have changed, and that I think that really plays into this back to back. So for Houston, right, there was always this. You know, any any problem we had, whether it was with Mike D'Antoni or, or like back to back season Russ, whatever it was, it was in the, the shadow of you were hoping this team could win a championship. Like maybe if everything goes right, this team can upset one of the, the LA teams and, and you know get to the final, something like that, have a good run. Like that was that was the ultimate goal and what you're trying to succeed. So re- uh, resting Russ on back to backs makes a lot of sense in that, you know, with the, with the way he plays, you know, you want to have him as fresh as possible for the postseason. I get that mindset, but then you have, you're shifting the expectations with Washington where there is no realistic chance to, to win a championship with, with the roster they have. So with that being said, obviously you want to, as you know, the Washington Wizards organization, you want to make sure Russ is fresh and you have that, you know, have him as long and healthy as possible. At the same time, since there is no chance you're going to win the title, um, resting Russ back to back is really just hurting you. You might not make the playoffs. <laughs> I know, you know man. You're, you're resting Russ on every back to back. Like that might cost you a chance of the playoffs. So, um, I really do think that it, and again, we're talking about this. Like there's people that's jobs this is, right? And we know Russ's mentality. So, um, I, I will say as, as a Russ fan, maybe there is something to just this may be what's best for his body right now. I, I would say, um, one of the things I've definitely noticed, and this is just natural, like, um, you know, his his body doesn't seem to recover at the same mutant level pace it used to, you know, because, yes. um, again, Russ was a mutant, like his <laughs> his, his uh, OKC year, just w- whether it's healing from injury, just, you know, uh, just fighting through. Um, so may- maybe they've enough doctors looked at his body and said, hey, like, this probably isn't the best thing for you. You know, like, that that would make more sense to me because, again, with the Wizards, since I mean they they know that that was they want to make they want to make the playoffs. That's their reaching the, the conference finals is just getting in the playoffs this year. You know, like finally getting over that hump. So them resting him, they would only be doing that if they felt they have to. I feel because it really doesn't make sense if 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 you're trying to make the playoffs, if that's your conference finals for the Rockets, then you need to play him because you're gonna you're gonna lose a lot of those games. So yeah, it's it's a little. Um, you know, frustrating, but I, I would like to think that it's because people have looked at Russ's body. You know, no one puts the output on any any game, any every minute that Russ does. Unlike, I mean, it's unlike any other player. So maybe maybe they really have looked and said, "Hey, if you want to, you know, be high level player during this contract, this this is the best thing for you." I, I, that's that's kind of how I want to look at it because of you know it's happening. 
Um, but I also agree, like what you're saying, it's like, like, like why, why is this happening? Because if you want to make the playoffs, he's going to have to be there. So that's my take on it. No, I, I agree. I, and that's my, that's kind of how it's one of those things where it's like a catch 22. Cause you're, you're thinking, Hey, we want to make the playoffs. It seems like that's what Bill wants to do. You're going to blow this whole thing up. If you don't, he can just mm-hmm. very well ask out. Yeah. But at the same time, you're thinking, well, I guess if, if the doctors are probably saying this is what's best for him, then, you know, he's just prolonging his career. I get it. Um, it's an interesting thing. I, if they started off those first five games more like I thought, taking care of the Bulls and the Magic, then it wouldn't be that big of a deal. Because, but because you lost basically all those games, <laughs> went zero and five. It just seems like why are we doing this? Um, but yeah, it it definitely makes sense. Something I will say that I move on to. I am surprised about um, this season. I wouldn't looked at the numbers after their two game win streak there. Uh, versus the Timberwolves and the Brooklyn Nets, they are 25th in defensive rating. I would have definitely <laughs> thought we were dead last. Because <laughs> I, I, I said I want them to get to 20. I'm th- They're 25th. It just seems like they're allowing 113.3 points per. Uh, that's their defensive rating. Um, but I am. I did expect for this. They are at a pace of 106 third in the league. So we expect that. And I honestly don't think Russ is playing that fast. But they're third in pace, but the defensive rating is 25th, and I definitely thought we were last in the league. I was definitely surprised. I mean, the defense about, has been bad, yeah. Yeah, and I, I just I, – I should probably look to find out who the heck is behind Washington <laughs> uh, in defense right now. But um, I couldn't tell – look, the two-game win streak, I said in my – post-game pods like hey we won the games positive vibes only what i'm gonna ask you i didn't see a ton different defensively outside of they were trying hard for longer stretches of time but what did you i still thought okay look at times i still thought thomas bryant is has to be one of the worst defenders i've ever seen (laughs) (laughs) Um, i I don't know did you see anything different no um Actually, been happy with Thomas Bryan the last couple games. I know, like the the first few games, I think we just the the whole team, uh, and I know I tweeted it like they just look so out of, you know, out of uh, the rhythm's not even the right word, like out of sync. They didn't know what their teammates were doing on both ends of the floor. I mean, there was miscommunicated communications on defense. The offense didn't quite have the flow. Um, It's definitely picked up, um, like I said, since since Rui's been back, and just they they've had more time. Um, but this is not unique to, you know, Washington. Obviously, they went 0-5, but there are things that have happened early to start the, the year for a lot of different teams. I mean, just like you just mentioned, the fact that Washington's not the worst defense, you know, um, that's kind of that's kind of weird just given how many open shots they've given up. Every pick and roll just seems like a, a miscommunication. The teams are getting, you know, uh, a good look in some kind of way. Uh, but but I would agree with you. I wouldn't say that the defense, even in this two-game win streak, has really picked up. The effort has been better. You know, the uh, guys are, are really uh, flying around, giving up. You know, still some open looks too often, just too many, too many easy buckets. But you know, uh, the effort and energy has to be there. But on the other end of the ball, which again, which is what we thought about this team going in, yes, is that the offense was going to be what really put the pressure on other teams. We just had to bring effort defensively. Um, and now that they've kind of gotten their their offensive rhythm, I think it'll only get better. Again, like we just talked about earlier, I think that cleaning up those lineups, you know, um, will just make it seem better just throughout the game. Um, but I, yeah, I think that it's going to be they're not going to be a, a great defensive team. Rue does help. Not that Rue's a great defender, but just you know his size and uh, you know basketballs played both ways. Your offense can help your defense. Defense can help your offense. So. Right. Um, we we just having the effort there, getting stops, allows us to get to you know some of those opportunities. You know, um, and like I just said, I think that really is they were they were looking for Rue in that in that Brooklyn game. They know that he's um, a problem in that way. So getting stops where you have cross matches, um, you know, times where you can you can slow down the game, really take advantage of, of that. It's going to help the offense. Uh, I guess I guess what just what to answer your question, uh, <laughs> I don't think the defense is, has Showing that it, that it's truly improved, I think they can be more uh, in line and, and, and together on that end. 
Um, but really, the, the offense, the offense being as explosive as it needs to be in the first in the first five games, I don't in, in totality, I do not think that it was. I think that we scored points, but that's, you know, we have Beal and Russ, great playmaker, but uh, there were times where it was just maybe not the flow of the type of offense we would like to have seen it at all times. I think we've uh, started to see that in these last few games. So, um, again, I, I, I'm definitely more optimistic than I than I was, after, obviously, after the five-game losing streak. Um, but I, I want to see kind of how they, they play these next few games against some good teams um, before I really say. And we'll, and we'll see how the defense looks there because I, I really do think it could be a matchup a matchup thing as well, depending on what team they play. No, I, 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 uh, I definitely agree with that. I think what is one thing, and, and I'll be fair to Thomas Bryant, you're right. I think that he's getting better. His thing isn't, look, he's, he's, well, what is he, 6'10, 6'11, or whatever it is? I think he's like 6'9, um, shoot. 6'9, <laughs> 6'9. Six, nine, six, no, six, yeah. Okay. Um, you know, he just, it's just his aware. He sometimes just doesn't know where he is supposed to be, but that's what we thought about all of them. As we watched the first five games, yeah. it just seems like there's a lack of principles. Like they don't exactly know where they're supposed to be yet. Um, but his effort has been there and he's been better in the pick and roll than what he's been the last five games. So I don't know if they're just working through that practice after practice and everyone's starting to get better. So I think what is hurting what is hurting their percentages is the lineup, the three-guard lineup. That lineup struggles to play defense. They have not played the last two games, so maybe the defensive ranking has gotten better over those two games that we can see going forward. And Neto struggles uh, defensively. So, And that's the thing is I just, the line, I just don't even know what lineup you put right. out because <laughs> you can't play – you really shouldn't play Ish Smith. Like you said, unless it's when Russ is off the floor. Neto struggles defensively, but at least he can hit the outside shot. He gives you some kind of gravity if he hits one or two. Uh, Ishmith is not giving you gravity at all. So it's like, but do you play him with TBJ? Troy Brown Jr. is better. He didn't play last game, by the way. Yeah, he didn't play. He's been the odd man out, him and Bunga. And I found that interesting. They're the two best defenders probably on the team. So it's like, do you play them next to GBJ or Bunga? Well, they really can't shoot either, you know. And see that, yeah, that, and that's the, the weird, and it goes back to what I've been saying is like, you know, <laughs> we're, we're tapping into my feelings on the five game losing streak, but you know, the, the, the roster did not seem you know put together in some spot, they had some clear holes, obviously, like when you're coming back, helps. But the fact that they just had no one, like like who is the wing defender on this team? I, like I, I guess Bonga, but he's you know, like who would guard James Harden? Like who would guard? <laughs> Luke? Exactly. Like, like 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 we don't have anybody that can really just step up and take a one on one challenge. Like I, no. I I think I tweeted about it, but like in the fourth quarter against the Bulls and and God bless him, like he stepped up to the challenge. Bradley Beal's out there running around chasing Zach Levine. Which again, like we somebody has to do it, but like ideally, you don't want Bradley Beal trying to guard Zach Levine in the fourth quarter. Like that's mm-hmm. you know, like so again, there is there's definitely, and I wanted to get here at some point. There's definitely a trade in this team. What they're going to have to figure out is that they're kind of like trying to you know have their cake and eat it too, where they're trying to please Beal, but they also want to have these group of young players ready in case you know Beal wants out. But they also want to win now. So like like so like what? they're going to have to kind of make a decision. Now, I think that what we've seen and, you know, as we get more games, we'll be more solid. I think we kind of see what players we'd like to keep around in case there is a trade. Um, but, yeah, like you need to go in. It doesn't have to be, you know, even like a – like a, obviously not a star, but you got to be able to find, you know, some kind of wing helps, a veteran wing uh, that can help you somewhere. Uh, and and it, might, it might be meaning offloading – a Robertson or an ish. If you can get back something for, for ish, you know, and package it with one of the young guys, that might be a move they need to go. But the, the organization needs to make that call are on, um, are we going all in? Are we really trying to win it all this, not win it all this year, but like put ourselves in a much better position to, you know, make the playoffs. Cause again, like the roster, the way the roster is set up right now is they're trying to, they're trying to please every single situation. And that's usually not, you, you can't usually be in that, in that world. So, um, 
I don't yeah. know. We have to make a decision and bring in some help. Uh, like I said, just some some wing defense. A guy that you know, obviously, he's gonna, just a three and D guy, really. Um, yes. So, I will tell you who I have in mind. Okay. I've heard I've heard multiple things. Look, I know Miles Turner would be great as a big. I just don't know. I just don't know how you get Miles Turner yeah. with the Wizards. I know that I've heard Robertson, Andre Roberts for OKC. I don't look. I think they need to try and go get George Hill. I think there if you go. put George Hill next to Westbrook rather than Ishmith or Neto, your lineup is immediately better defensively and offensively. No, that's a good that's a good call right there. I like that. Um yeah, he so, can easily take that backup role, but it could also play with Russ. Yep. Yep. And and here's the thing. OKC doesn't want George Hill to stay there anyway. You know they're in complete tank rebuild mode. Right. And so just go get George Hill, 6'3", great defender. I think he sh- – what? I, I think he shot 40-something percent from three last season. He was on, he was on the Milwaukee Bucks. I, look, I'm doing everything I can to go get George Hill. That, that's a realistic trade that you can do. I mean, OKC probably wants, what, a couple of seconds and who? Someone young, TBJ? Um, I mean, yeah, George, George Hill's not um... – you know they're not going to be expecting too much from him. I don't even. I don't even think you have to give up TPJ. Maybe you will from OKC because OKC is going to make sure they get something <laughs> that that you know that's valuable. They're not just going to flip, make a trade, and, and it be even. Like it's not going to be just an even trade from their perspective. Right. They need to get. So yeah, they they would probably fight for TPJ. Um, I would try to let me let me let me see George Hill's contract. I don't know what kind of deal he's on. I'd have to look at that just to know like what, what kind of money we need to make work. But I would like, like, it'd be great to get George Hill, um, without having to, to sacrifice too much. But, but, but again, we'll, we'll have to see how that, that works out. I'd like to say impress the as well. You know, try to try to get something that someone's, that doesn't have, and we can make work in our offense. And again, it might it might mean sacrificing TBJ. Like you said, he wasn't even in the rotation last game. So uh, I'm, I mean, but I'm definitely down with with George Hill. I think it is, that is a, a great fit, and. It would it would help us a lot better, and, and you're thinking right where I was. Like those are the kind of players we need to get. Somebody like that, between George right. Hill and and someone even tall, like a, a wing defender, a vet. You know, someone we can rely on. That could, that could even start. Mm-hmm. Not that he has. Uh, could even start if he um, if we needed him to. So exactly. Uh, if Denny went out, exactly. Um, which again, we haven't we haven't. I think it's one guy. Shit, uh, Denny the, the oh. rookie. Yeah, Denny. Uh, we definitely got to talk about. Solid. But, yeah, exactly. We got to talk about Denny. So, uh, George Hill, he's got $9.5 million for 2020, 2021. And then he's got $10 million deal for 2021, 2022. That's not bad. $1.27 million of that is guaranteed for the second year. So, yeah, I, I don't know. That's where I'm trying to go. I'd imagine you can trade Ishernetto. Uh, one of their contracts got to be close to that. Um, and like you said, maybe we got to put in. Uh, Brown or, or, or we'll see. I mean, really, if, if Brown's not going to, if he's going to be out of the rotation for whatever reason, then yeah, we should really try to sell him high, you know, because he's, he's 21. He's got, I'm sure there's teams around the league that are really high on him and what he can be. So there, there's definitely a trade there. You know, it's funny, and that's why I'm, I'm so happy that I've gotten to see Rue and his development and how he fits. Before the season, I would have told you that Rue is someone that you could have traded and tried to get something back really nice. Right. Um, but now I'm, I'm kind of looking at him like I'm the organization. Bruce, someone I'm pretty excited about. Like I think he could be a really good player, um, you know, if, if he continues to develop and improve. And I, I definitely don't want to trade him unless you bring him back something high quality. So Exactly, um, yeah. Definitely changed my, changed my mind on that. But the other guys outside the starters, you know, and Bertons, do what you got to do. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, outside of Russ, Bill, Bertons, hey. Anyone can go. Um, yeah, so, yeah, uh, let's see. What does uh, – so George Hill makes that nine, and Ishmith makes $6.1 There we go. So yeah, that, that's they, close enough. He's got to bring one other player in there, and you got it. Yep. Um, yeah, I, me, I'm doing that. Um, and like you said, uh, and also Denny, I'm not trading Denny. Denny impressed – we can talk about him. He definitely impresses me. He's very much impressed me defensively. At 19, well, I think he just turned 20 the other day. Um, but for the majority of this season, he's 19 years old. And 
other than when he's getting baited into a foul, and I'm like, Dodge, Denny, don't take the bait. Outside of that, he's been sound defensively. Um, he has not been in the wrong spot a lot. Um, his footwork on defense has impressed me as young age. And then he can just do everything on offense. Yeah, he's I, just I think so, he needs yeah. to have the ball more, in my opinion. I don't think he has mm-hmm. enough. He, he's a good playmaker as well. No, so you're going where I was going. So my and I, I, I like Denny just as much as you. And I, I was trying to figure out the tweet. Just some guy, I forget his name on, on Twitter, but he, um, I was trying to figure out a way for Denny to to feel the ball more, to to play more of his decisions. Like he does deserve a little more of those of that you know time with the ball. Um, and it, it may not happen because I think it's more so defensively that they like him, the starters. But you know, what if they did maybe start Bertans and then bring bring Denny in? You know, um, when, when when Russ comes in, so he can kind of be that second playmaker again. He and he's he he he's a rookie too, like so that. we don't know as much as he's shown us. We may not know exactly how he's, uh, you know, some of the places where he's a little further behind and maybe uh, slowing things down a bit. Um, but he is out there starting, so they, they do believe in him on, you know, uh, on a, a lot of levels, like for him to be to be out there. So um, really, just just hoping that he can continue to develop through this and not be feeling like he's just. Um, uh, you know, a, a three and D guy or a spot up because he I, he is, has more to his game than that, um, and I, I think they should try to put him in opportunities to to show that because it's only gonna you know make him more confident and better. Um, but really, what he does, what he brings to the game, it just it just helps team ball. I really do think he's one of those guys that once he gets moving the ball, making his his quick passes, like it's kind of contagious. You know, we've seen that at times with this team. I think it's beautiful to watch when he just kind of. Anyone on the team, actually, they do it where they just make these kind of quick passes, quick decisions, uh, and when the ball movement's good, it's, it's it's beautiful to see. I think he's one of the players that just brings ball movement while he's when he's on the floor, you know. So um, I, I definitely like him. I think again, there's a lot of there's a lot of young talent like uh, on this. Team. So they just they a decision. Um, maybe they're they're trying to just get a full evaluation on what they have so they know who to go after. Um, but if they if they just go in on a move, I mean this team can be what we thought they could be before the season, which is you know uh, a team in, in the you know uh, in the playoffs in the East, um, you know securely not even playing in. I, I think five games in the hole, it's not like they can still turn things around in that way. So um, right, I'm, I'm more optimistic. Uh, again, <laughs> I, I was down on Brooks those first few games, but now now I want to kind of look at it as okay. Maybe he just – he had he had that <laughs> – think about this, man. He had this whole offseason. Maybe he thought that three-guard lineup was going to be fire. Like maybe he was, <laughs> he was in his lab and he was like, you know what, y'all? I got something for them. <laughs> this is going to be this is going to be the lineup that just sets the league on – they ain't ready for this. And so he got slapped in the face. <laughs> like, nope, don't bring that lineup back out here ever again. And so maybe now he's having to, you know, make the right adjustments and make the right line. That's that's how I want to look at it because really, like like we talked about those those runs. I mean, they really killed every game. You know, not that we would have won those games because you know butterfly effect, all that stuff. But like they those lineups did not bring anything good to the game at all. So no. um, let's just let's just hope. And again, that impacts everybody. So hopefully, we just kind of see some better cohesion with the lineups and, and play moving forward with the whole team. And I think that'll help Denny and everybody on the team. So I agree. I will say this. Uh, I know I'm a Russell Westbrook fan, but I, I pride myself on being a realistic one. This mm-hmm. team, you know, their offensive rating 111.7. They're 11th in the league. Look, I said at the beginning of the season, I'm like, this team could be a top five offense. They were six last year. So here's the thing. When Russell Westbrook starts shooting his normal averages, and if he would make his doggone free throws like he did last game, mm-hmm. this team is a top five de- offense. I'm sorry, top five offense. So we're yeah, no we're at the point that we're like we're kind of waiting on Westbrook and we're kind of waiting on Bertans. So yeah. both the two players who didn't really play in the preseason, you know, and and couldn't do any offseason work, you know, uh, Bertans, you know, he was he was back at home and he. He couldn't really do a lot of work, so he came in, you know, out of shape. You know, we don't know what him and his family and the COVID situation uh, entailed. So some people are upset with him for being out of shape, and I'm just like, 
Guys, it's a different time and day in the world right now. We don't know what his situation was. Um, and then Westbrook, people forget he had the quad injury, the quad injury that kept Kawhi Leonard out for a year. He tried to come back to help them through the playoffs with Houston last season. He got them through the OKC Thunder. And so he didn't do a lot of offseason work either until late. And then he did, for some reason, he didn't play in the preseason basically at all. He played a total of 16 minutes, I believe. So we're waiting on the two players who didn't really get any work in during the shortened offseason. Um, all these back-to-backs, you know, they, they, they squished the schedule. I don't think that's good for injuries either. So – they're being protective of both of them. I get it. Um, but if you're 11th right now and Russell Westbrook and Bertons aren't themselves, I think the offense is going to be okay. So if you can, if they're 25th in defensive rating now and you can get, just try to get to 20, my goodness, and your offense increases, you can come out of this hole. And I believe that they can because, look, Westbrook has never been a great outside shooter, but he's not this bad. At shooting, like not this bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, I mean, no, no question. I mean, like, again, um, <laughs> talking about Russell Westbrook's shot is, is another is another pod. Uh, I think we, <laughs> I would have to just kind of talk about his career and like where his shot is now compared to his career. But just him himself and Bertans, yeah, obviously they could, um, you know, it could be better. I think Russ has been has been good. Uh, it's actually been fun for me to kind of watch him evolve and. You know, he's definitely transitioning into a different phase of his career, um, yes. which, which all great players do as they get older. LeBron's in it now. It's, it's obviously, LeBron's still athletic, but he's not um, as athletic on every play like he used to be. He tries to, you know, take just be a little more – play that daddy game where he's trying to mm-hmm. you know, slow things down and, and post you up and use his strength and, and be just as effective without having to just explode <laughs> every time. Right. So, exactly. Um, at Russ again, but it's it's been funny because as much you know, I think we both agree that you know, we like to see him try to get to the paint more. The, dr- the lanes haven't been there, but he hasn't been driving as much. At the same time, it has not really impacted his playmaking as much. He's still been able to draw the defense and and, and yes. kick to, to shooters or firing guys. Um, so again, I think he just he's he's evolving into a different point of his career. I, I believe. I think he knows that. Um, you know. <laughs> He's he's done a lot to his body. He can't be going out there trying to dunk on everybody every game now. So anyway, um, I think he's he's. But at the same time, he's also still trying to build himself up, you know, and and be in the in the the best basketball shape possible. We've seen for a few seasons now that the, his first couple weeks of the season are not uh, his best couple weeks of the season. That's for sure. Um, I really I really do think that just goes back. Russ, we don't get a bunch of interviews and and you know stuff to hear about Russell Westbrook's offseason, but it's been so consistent now. Uh, I do believe that they, his body, I think that they kind of know the kind of mileage they need to be putting on it um, in the in the future, or sorry, to preserve it over this contract. And so, again, mm-hmm. if, I've heard him say it too, is that he tries to spend his offseasons to rest. Not that he does not that he's not going, working out and working on a shot and, 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 you know, making sure he's in shape. But I really do think he's just trying to make sure his body is 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 right for the season. Again, I think it just goes back to the, the way that he plays. And so it may take him, you know, a few weeks into the season to where you're seeing him at his best. But when it when it comes, I mean it's we'll we'll see it and we'll know, you know. So uh I think the last game against Brooklyn was better. You um like things just continue to get better as as the team, you know, flows. I'm not I'm not worried about about, you know, Russ at all. I I, I really I truly just don't worry about him in, in, in that way. Uh, for Bertans, you know, um, to be real with you, I think we, we I wish I would have got this out on the podcast beforehand. Um, but as soon as I we came to watch and I was looking, and Bertans is one of those players that more when he's making seven to eight million dollars than you do when he's making dollars. Um, I mean, there's, there's players like that across the board, right. like, yeah, they're, yeah, they're good, like, yes, they're great you now like you can't you can't go out there and have six points anymore like that's unacceptable so um, right i think for bertons obviously there is um him maybe not being in shape and I, I get all that but you know this team needs him they, they've invested heavily in him um and <laughs> like they they need him to to be better you know uh he, he had a good game against brooklyn but just as a whole i mean i'm watching him on defense he's like trying to jump on guys backs, trying to do whatever he can to stop him <laughs> still, still, still can't stop him. So, 
Uh, I, I I need a defender, but I mean, goodness, he, you know, at least he seems like he's trying. It seems like he cares, and he does not, you know, he wants to to try, and he, and I think he will be better. I mean, but he's he's an absolute sniper, so he he's going to be fine. Um, but again, just that that expectation has now changed for him. Like we, he can't really go out there and have five points unless unless he goes like one of nine from three, which is not acceptable. But like, at least he got his nine three attempts off. Like, exactly. Yeah, at least he's yeah. Got, those attempts off because that's that's what he, we need we need from him we need him being that threat even if even if he's missing which sucks like he's got to be he's got to be getting the we we can't have him scoring five six points with three or four shots that's that's a really bad game from him so um, yeah he's still getting them up which I like I, they're gonna they're obviously gonna drop he's gonna get in, in better shape um, not too worried about it but I did just want to bring up like hey like he did he did get paid and that kind of does change like his his expectation. Um, and just like as far as team construction, like they, they they really invested in him, so he's gonna be a part of whatever solution the Wizards have. Like you, you know, so um. yeah, I definitely agree. Um, and I said this, I forget which game it was, but he was out there. He was like O of eight from th- or O of eight from field, zero seven from three. Um, I think it was the last the Bulls game, maybe Chicago. Yeah, Bulls game. And that was my look, and I don't mean anything against Bertons, but I'm thinking he's literally paid to snipe. He's not a good defender, so if he's missing, get him off the floor. And that's just the truth. But I, I mean, you may you might as well play Bonga or someone else who can put who can play defensively. And that was just my thing. I'm like, okay, we say he needs to average between seven and eight, three, seven to eight threes a game. He's o of eight. Sit him down. He's done. Like just. Because then he's not giving you anything else. Bertans isn't doing anything else for you if he's not sniping. So, I do. I think he should play a lot. Yes, I think 22 minutes is not enough. But I know he's on his minutes restriction. And I know people have a problem with, you know, not starting Denny. But I, you know, I feel like well now he'll be able to have the ball. His minutes won't change. He'll just be in the second unit. He'll actually be able to handle the ball, which I think would be good for Denny. Uh, and his development, if that's, you know, part of what the Wizards are worried about. Um, can't really develop too much as a ball handler playmaker if he doesn't have the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just, that's just my thoughts. Um, like, But for context of how this conversation started, um, the offense will get better than 11th ranked um, offensive rating when those two get, um, get reach their normal averages. Their field goal percentage – for the season so far, Russell Westbrook, 38.6. Barton's 35%. Like, they're not that bad. So, they're going to get better. And then because of it, the offensive rating will get better. I am very surprised also at Bradley Beals. He's shooting 28% from three. Yeah. I would think that would change, though. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I think, you know, just early in the season, the, the, the percentages for – players can be really up or down um he is though um you know i haven't seen a lot uh just yet of him i guess like when, when he does get the ball he really is just trying to operate it and, and score and you know and, and ways off the dribble he's not really playing as a as a catch and shoot player not saying that that, that should be his, his focus um but he like you know i think it's more so just how he's being deployed he's when he gets the ball you know, he, he's in isolation. He's, you know, running screen and roll. He's not really playing the, the catch-and-shoot game as much yet. I think we'll see maybe a little more of that as the offense gets going. And, again, if Bertans is out there, that, that'll that help even more. Yes. I remember there was a play specifically, I remember where Bertans, Russ, and Beal were out there where it looked like the defense didn't know if Bertans or Beal was going to wrap around the screen. And they thought it was Beal and, and Bertans just kind of slipped it uh, and he was open. So, uh, I think when you – again, that – having those three guys out there really does make a lot of sense. I, I think starting it, but again, this takes, this takes Scott Brooks being really creative because there's a lot of things with lineup wise, starting players, that kind of stuff that a lot of coaches just, you know, whether it's hard to do because of the the relationships of each player on the team, the dynamic, they just won't do. So again, you can be creative. You can start Bertans. And then when Russ comes out early, you can bring out Russ and Bertans and bring in Denny and Ish or whatever if you want to do that. Like you can, right. you can get creative on how to make it work, but uh, a lot, of, a lot of times in the team dynamic, there's things that people aren't aware of behind the scenes. Again, Ish did have a, a good season for the team last year. Maybe he and Brooks have a really good relationship, or he maybe Ish is, has, just has a really good pulse on 
the team, right? And so that's maybe why he, they want to give him those minutes. The Denny situation, maybe the owner really wanted them to draft Denny. So he's like, you got to start him or you got to make sure he's playing or something. Like some sometimes there's stuff behind the scenes like that. Uh, you, you would like to think it doesn't impact, you know, professional sports, but sometimes it ends up seeping its way through um, right. because you're right. Like I, I do think that Bertans – is the not saying he's the better player has the more more potential or that even Denny should not be starting, but I think that if you want to optimize Bertans and Russ, you're going to start them both. And if you're going to you know take Russ out soon, quick, just yeah take him out for for Denny and bring Denny in. If you want to bring Denny and Ish in early, that's fine because again Ish is only going to play those minutes. Russ is not out there, so it's not like you know putting him out there after five minutes, he's still not going to be playing a bunch of minutes. But um, Again, you gotta you gotta get creative to to do something like that. I'm not not again. I'm I'm not gonna talk too much about Scotty, but I, I'm not I am not sure if he's gonna get that creative. Um, unfortunately, in terms of doing something like that, restarts Bertans and then brings in Denny and Ish together for Russ and Bertans, and really just putting Bertans at Russ's hip, which is what it should be. Bertans should always be out there with Russ, but exactly. Uh, well, again, I, I'm not sure we're gonna see that. Unfortunately. I definitely agree. Um, and who knows? Maybe Scott Brooks knows something. Obviously, we don't know. And maybe he's just trying to get through Bertans' minutes restriction, and then he is going to flip. We don't know. <laughs> you know, um, you know right. I don't know because, you know, I, I don't know how long Bertans is on this minutes restriction, but I know that he is. And who knows? Maybe it's just his way of kind of limiting his minutes. Um and maybe he'll flip him later on. I, I just – I don't – the more I've seen the kid play, the more – it's not that he's not a starter. It's just the more I'm thinking he needs to play not with Russ because he needs to have the ball. So, right. Right. so I, I don't know. That's just me. And then, like you said, then you, you maximize Bertons and Beal if Bertons is on the floor with Westbrook and Beal because you're right. I expected for Beal to get far more easy ones than he's getting. He's yeah. he's still doing the on his own dribble through defenders, you know, the elusive herky jerky moves to get some shakes him loose. He gets in the lane, makes a tough lay. Yeah, he's on his CJ McCullum, his you know, his his, his PG is you know, he's working out. Like he's he's getting the ball and he's he's operating and getting in his bag <laughs> every yeah. other get his points. <laughs> yeah. Um I, I expected far more easy ones for him, and that has not been the case yet. Um, but like I said. We're seven games in. You're you're integrating Russell Westbrook, Denny Abdia, and it'll get better. And it has gotten better over the last couple of games. And their offense is just going to get better. I, again, I, and I know I keep going back to it. We just have to continue to get better defensively. Um, I, what I was happy about though in the last game in the Minnesota Timberwolves game, I know Carl Anthony Towns didn't play, but I was happy to see everyone rebound the game Russ set out. I, I know people are not making a big deal about that, but there's been games when, like, Russ has had 12 rebounds, 11 rebounds, and no one else had more than, like, four or five. Yeah, for sure. So The first game was like that for sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was very happy to see them. everyone. I think multiple people had, like, seven or eight rebounds, and I said, okay, so that's a good – even Ish Smith had six. Um, so that's definitely – look, you got to get rebounds if you want to win basketball games. And I know people don't – well, we, rebounds, you know, doesn't really count or – Look, you got to rebound the ball in order to win basketball games. So I was I was happy to see that. Um, but was there anything else that you know that you specifically wanted to point out? I do have like a couple of questions people ask that I got. We got to get through. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, we can get to those questions. I don't think anything. I, I got off what I said about Ishmael. I really do think that the thinking there was just really all off. Those aren't. <laughs> there's not good enough guards to be playing. Um, that was really my big point that I just – I really frustrated me watching the first couple of games. So, um, no, we can get to the questions. Okay. Um, I do have a question here uh, from – appreciate it, man. Lonzo at SG Lonzo um, on Twitter. Um, he asked – actually, we kind of just talked about this. Why do Westbrook and Bertrand's not short, share the floor together more? Man, I don't know. I <laughs> mean – I don't – they should. It, it's a minutes restriction thing. He's not starting. It's hard to 
really mirror his minutes with Westbrook when one's coming off the bench and the other one's starting? I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, yeah, just just like I said, I don't like I just don't like how it looks now. I really even just thinking about it, I think Denny just works coming off the bench. I think it's a good role for him uh, as a rookie on a team like this. Um, but yeah, it's it's more like you said, uh, whether it is because of the minutes restriction, but definitely him not starting is a is a big deal. Uh, I, we hope that no more than a week longer he is in the starting lineup because again he did get paid. I'm pretty sure he started last year. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know. Maybe he came off the bench last year. Um, but you know he he'd be a good fit with with Russ right there. So they need to match those guys' minutes and what they have going on now. Where Russ is starting coming out for Bertans, and then like that that just that's not what you want right there. So um, they they need to figure that out. They they got smart basketball people over there. I'm sure that are thinking about this, trying to work this out. So okay, last question at Bella Army Davis Westbrook. Um, do you like Thomas Bryant and Westbrook and Beal offensively? Now, if so, why? Um, I do offensively. Uh, it is a great um, trio. Um, they can all fill up the scoreboard. Russell Westbrook is an outstanding playmaker, um, and Bill is an outstanding scorer uh, and, and a good playmaker as well. So I do like them offensively very much. Um, that's the reason why they are uh, second ranked in points per game. Or yeah, in points per game at 118.6 um, because their offense is potent, and especially because of the three of them. And where Bertans continues to get his stroke correct, um, you know, the Wizards are going to be one of the best offenses in the league. Um, their offensive rating, um, I believe, is 11th at 111.7. So they'll be in top five uh, when all those, all three of them get cooking. And then you add in the Bertans uh, being in shape, hitting his shots. Um, they'll be great. It's, it's a great trio. I do like them offensively. I am only worried about uh, defensively. Um, Westbrook, you know, can sometimes gamble too much. And Bryant, to me, is not the most sound uh, person defensively. Um, sometimes Thomas Bryant just kind of gets lost out there. But yes, offensively, they are potent. And I definitely agree with you. This is what will break things. Thank you guys so much for listening to the West Wolf Podcast. As always, I'm your host, J.D. Jackson. You can find me on Twitter, Russell Westbrook gets the chip at Always and Forever Art, and on YouTube at J Rock Soccer and Basketball Sessions. I want to thank Coach Chris for joining the podcast. He was awesome, as always, a great X's and O's guy. Guys, if you enjoy uh, my podcast, you enjoy having Chris on every now and then, he's a great basketball mind. Please subscribe to the West Wolf Podcast. I'm on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Radio Public, Castbox, and many more. Click subscribe. And if you can leave a five-star review, I would really appreciate that. I also welcome constructive criticism. Thank you guys so much for listening. And as always, until next time, peace.